Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Your role is water boy. Which athlete needs the most consumption? Is it Kelsey? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Do you have to give him multiple cups? How does that work? It's definitely Patrick because the way that he talks, like he's always like Pat, like like Pat. Patrick's voice sounds like he's cracking, so he needs water to like quench that crack. Like you get what I'm saying? Like he needs water to quench that crackiness in his voice. So when he drinks water, he's back to like talking clean. To get the plays out, you know what I'm saying? So, Patrick. Friday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. The Super Bowl is here. Well, in two days, but we won't talk to you between now and then. So, the Super Bowl is here. It's here, baby. Hello, Christopher. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How you doing, man? Good. Still weird not being in Tampa. Weird not being at the game. But we'll be nice to be home with a very small group of people. My immediate family watching Super Bowl 55. Can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to see how it plays out. I wish of all the Super Bowls that I've ever watched in my life, this is the one above all others that I wish would be a seven-game series. I hear that. You're right. I mean, it would be it would be fun to watch. I, the thing I think that I'm excited about with this football game more than anything, and yeah, Sunday is, you know, that, uh, quite simply is – I think it's the two most talented teams in football. That's really that right there. The star power in the football game is amazing. And as we're going to break down some of the matchups today, you know, you go through it and you start to go, damn, you know, we knew the chiefs were talented. We knew the bucks were talented. We just weren't sure if the bucks were going to get it all together in time to make a run and get into the playoffs. Right. But man, when you talk about Brady, Gronk, Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, you know, and then you go to the Chiefs defense with Honey Badger, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and then, you know, of course, Tyree Kill, Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Mahomes, and then you got Sue and JPP and Shaq Barrett and Devin White. I mean, it's just it's it's who's who in football. It really is. Maybe not everybody knows these guys yet, but they're about to jump onto that main, you know, main screen and be household names. Now, I will not remind myself or anyone else of all the many things I said throughout the season that ultimately were proven to be incorrect. We don't have enough time, frankly, to do that. But one thing I did say all season long that that could come Sunday night right. be proven correct, the Buccaneers, I've said over and over again, they're the one team out of the NFC that I think could beat the Chiefs. Not that I'm convinced that they will, but they seemed like they had the balance to compete with the Chiefs that any of the other teams, including your guy Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, sure. I don't think they would have had the defense to st- to just get that one or two key you. stops that you're going to need yeah. to beat the Chiefs. The Bucks were the one team that right. I thought had the chance to do it if they could migrate through the playoff field in the NFC, and they did. Yeah, no, no, exactly right. I mean, I think you kind of said it right. There's the pieces and there's the guys there to, 
you know, where they can give you a feel like, okay, it's not looking good today, but they can make a play here any second. We've seen it all year long, a strip sack, a big hit, fumble, whatever that is. And, yes, you just certainly have more of a sense with that with Tampa Bay than, than Green Bay or a lot of the teams in the NFC this year, certainly. So uh, that's where it is awesome. And uh, the two quarterbacks, everything about it, it's just the pandemic – home Super Bowl. It's just storylines story galore, and that, that's why it's going to be fun. And I, like you, will be with just the immediate family, it sounds like. Maybe Dirty Diana and Aunt Wendy might come over, but I haven't heard from them yet. For those of you watching on Peacock or listening on Sirius XM 211 or watching on NBCSN or watching on Sky Sports NFL primetime, 7 o'clock UK and Ireland, specifically the folks on Peacock, you've possibly taken a break from watching episodes of The Office, which is exclusively streaming on Peacock, if we haven't said it 50 times or more. There's an episode of The Office where one of the various subplots involves Dwight Schrute thinking that Thursday is Friday, and Jim Halpert, who constantly, frankly, bullies Dwight Schrute, if you if you really put it uh, in the terms as to what he does, he rides it out and he makes Dwight think that Thursday is Friday. And I mention that, and I know that's a long walk for a short beer. Yes. I mention that because you may think it's Thursday I'm, if I'm you're confused. watching the show. You may have rolled out of bed, turned on Peacock to watch the show, and you now think that Friday is Thursday instead of Thursday is Friday. But yeah, you know who we mean. Because Chris is working on a Friday. This is one of those days, February 5, 2021, Chris Sims worked on a Friday. I don't know how to react to that. Nah, me neither. This Friday work crap, it ain't all that they say it is. I mean, I, I certainly don't want to be here. <laughs> it hurt waking up today. <laughs> uh, but uh, but we, we did it because usually during the season – after we would finish the Thursday morning show, we would do a joint Megapix podcast collaboration to go over all the games and make our picks. So we're going to weave that into today's show. And the balance of this segment is going to be devoted to breaking down in detail one key aspect of the game, Chiefs offense, Bucks defense. Right. And we're really going to we're really going to get into we're really going to get a get into the nitty-gritty we've talked about it from time to time so chris let's begin yeah hey matt casey i'm getting there let me have my fun okay go never mind uh <laughs> hey oh uh, oh and so anyway the uh, uh <laughs> um let here let's 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 uh focus first on this notion of right of being aggressive right aggression both sides of the ball will do it now right. Todd Bowles uh, may be a little too aggressive in going single coverage on Tyreek Hill when they play back in week 12, but let's just look at the mindset of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy going against Todd Bowles and, and just th that mentality of how they may try to attack each other. Will they be careful? Will they go for it? Well, I, I think Andy Reid and company will go for it. I don't think they're going to be careful. Now, they'll be careful in the sense, I think, Mike, of you know being conscious of protecting Mahomes. With like we've talked about the moving in the pocket, I would think you know they spread the field and get short passes and get the ball out of his hands that way, right? So, and then of course we're going to see all the movements and motions and things like that. I don't think Kansas City, Kansas City, their offense is arguably the greatest unit in the league, right? They're not going to bow down to anybody. They're going to make people adjust to them. I mean that's just the simple fact of the matter, and that's where it's awesome because you know you just said it, aggression. Todd Bowles is famous for blitzing and having creative blitzes. And I would just say, man, if there's a week to ever have opposites day for your, this is it. Like he can't blitz Mike. That, that would be the number one thing I would say. They blitzed a hand 10 times the first time around. We talked about it yesterday. Mahomes was six for nine for 114 yards and two touchdowns. And it was almost worse than that. Even on the three incompletions, it could have been bigger stats. So that's where I think the first adjustment of the game is, is Todd Bowles. You can't be Todd Bowles. It's going to have to be a different Sunday this week because of the Chiefs and, and Patty Mahomes in town. Well, and with the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, right. it potentially allows the Buccaneers to not yeah. blitz. Right. You, now, Jason Pierre-Paul, we got to see what his final designation is today. He's got that knee problem, but 
if you can create pressure on Patrick Mahomes without sending extra guys. And that was the Dean Pease when he was the Titans defensive yeah. coordinator. That was his approach to Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to get the ball off if you blitz him, so what's the point? You may as well use exactly. those guys in coverage. Right. So without Eric Fisher, without Mitchell Schwartz, who remains on injured reserve and hasn't been activated and likely won't be activated, you got Mike Remmers plus uh, I can't even remember who. I don't know who the right tackle is going to be. All I know is Shaq Barrett and JPP are going to be trying to get around the end and get after Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes' foot, which he – said will be 100%, that big toe, that turf toe that he had. He's going to be getting his cardio in because I think he's going to be moving around a lot on on uh, Sunday, kind of like what we saw him do last year to get away from Nick Bosa and company. No, no doubt. I, I, it's going to be one of the keys to the game. But, Mike, I think that's like that's the point as far as what you started off saying. You know, it, it is. They got the flexibility, right? They got a front four that's – Special. They got three first rounders on the front four and Shaq Barrett, who's a middle round guy who led the NFL in sacks last year in 2019. You know, their team and a lot of it is built around that front four. Well, now's the time to pay the Pied Piper. I don't know if I said that right, but it sounded good coming out of my mouth. All right. But either way, now's the time. This is why you're here. It's this game. It's this moment. Yeah, you front four against, like you just talked about, that offensive line and guys that we don't know, right? They they got to dominate that crew. And and to me, that is the key of the game. You, I mean, Mike, I don't know. I mean, would you blitz Patrick Mahomes and company? I just asked you no, that. Right? No, I wouldn't. No. You can't. And I would say also there's a fine line where no three-man rushes either. You can't do a three-man rush because he'll just buy time. That means there's going to be two double teams and then one guy that's going to be one-on-one, -on -one, great. He's going to make that guy miss and buy time, and now you can't cover forever. So that front four, it is on them. I look at it in a lot of ways, Mike, where I just go, it's that front four, it's drop seven. I think you heard me say this, but it almost needs to be like New York Giants playing the, playing the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl twenty-five. Just continue to play front four, two deep back, and go, run it, please, run it. We're begging you to run. And off of that, I go, Kansas City, you can't fall in the trap and run it. You can't do that. You don't want to do that either, at least in my opinion. Same game plan from Super Bowl 36. Bill Belichick, same defensive mastermind, dared Mike Martz, the exactly. Rams coach, to run the ball with Marshall Falk, and he refused. He kept throwing into. Now, Belichick did a lot of three-man, not four-man, but it's right. the same idea. You got to do two guys on Tyree Kill. Yeah. Please, Buccaneers, don't experiment again. With single coverage on Tyree Kill, right. like you did in Week 12, don't do it. You got to double him, and you got to double Kelsey. You got to put four guys on two. Then you got to take your chances with the other. Let me do the math here. You got four guys rushing, four guys covering two. You got three guys left for the other three, three or four guys that are going to be in the pack. You got to single. You got to hope that single yeah. coverage of the other guys is going to hold up. But there's, you know, the only guy you don't account for then is Mahomes, and he could take off running the football. And we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen that. And I, look, when a guy decides to run the football, he becomes a running back, and that's all I'm going to say about it because I said enough last year. Yes, you did. So. Well, listen, yeah, be, they got to be physical if he's going to try to run and do those things. But, you know, you said it. Yeah, Belichick, right, and the Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl, you know, Belichick versus the Bills and Jim Kelly and company and all of those type of things. But like you said also, those are three-man rush approaches. You can't do that. Mahomes is a lot more athletic than Jim Kelly and Kurt Warner. They, 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 you need that extra guy to pursue him, or he's just going to continue to buy time against a three-man rush and tear it apart. So that's where I look at it. And, yeah, Tampa, like you said, it's all about coverage. I don't think they can really consistently match up and play man-to-man -man against the Kansas City Chiefs or do that stuff like you're talking about. It is. It's help those guys. You know, whether you double them or at least they're, hey, we got a guy here. You know, we're looking for Tyreek Hill to cross the field. So that's really all he's aware of. They need those extra guys to, you know, clog some holes. Carlton Davis, one of the guys that had a long, long day when the Buccaneers and the Chiefs got together in week 12. Here he is talking about his inclination to be aggressive in Sunday's game. I'm going to bring the same mentality. You know, I'm going to always be myself. Um, uh, and it didn't work out the first game as far as what we did and our game plan, but we've corrected it. 
And uh, we got a great game plan going in. And I'm, but I'm going in with the same mentality, and that's to dominate. So, just look out Sunday. And look, that's what they need to do, a different game plan. Here is Carlton Davis, one in coverage in week 12 versus the rest of the season. Week 12 did not work out well. 15 targets, 12 receptions for 236 yards. He was great the rest of the year. So He's great. They, they, they do need to figure out a better game plan than what they used in week 12. Now, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If the Buccaneers do what we think they should do and basically dare the Chiefs to run, should the Chiefs run or should Patrick Mahomes just be patient and wait for someone to spring open, assuming he can buy time long enough for someone to spring open? I think that's it. Mike, I think if we're sitting here Monday morning going the Chiefs ran the ball well, we're going to go, well, the Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champions. I mean, that that's to me. You know, oh, they ran the ball, you know, well against the Bills in week six there. And there they were, 225 yards rushing, and the Bills had the ball with a chance to go down and score and win the game. You know, you know, Mike, I mean, I think you and I are in agreement here. It, it's, it's, it, Carlton Davis is a real good player, but you, this, that's a different animal. You can't, that's Tyree Kill. It's arguably the fastest guy in the history of football. They're a different animal. And yeah, I believe that even if the Bucks are playing too deep, four-man rush, don't fall in the trap, Kansas City. That's that. That to me is what I would tell them. You know, you know, your 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 bread and butter, bread and butter, your money maker is Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, Watkins, McCall, Hardman. It's the greatest unit in football. So you can't get in the biggest game and now go. Well, they're playing a defense that takes that away. So we're gonna go to our B minus run game now to do that. No, they got to go down swinging with their best punches and. You know, whether it's deep zones or things like that, that's where they got great, Mike, right? It's like, oh, it's too deep in zones, and then he's patient and throws it short. Oh, it's man-to-man. -man. Now it's time to take your shot, Patty Mahomes. And I just think that should kind of be the formula for them off of what we talked about from the Buccaneers' perspective and their defense. I don't know. You, and you tell me if you agree with that or not, or do you think they should no. run the ball? When you explained it that way, it reminded me of the story of Bill Belichick, Super Bowl 25, your dad's New York Giants, him going into the defensive meeting room and introducing the concept to Lawrence Taylor and company that if Thurman Thomas has over 100 rushing yards, we'll win this game. Right. And I think they wanted to strangle him when he said that because they took great pride in stopping the run. They took great pride in not allowing someone to rush for over 100 yards, but he sold them on the idea that you drop back, you cover, yeah. you take steam out of the Kagan offense, and you force them to run the football. And they, they did. They did take the bait, and they did run the ball, and the Giants did barely win that game. Right. And, and I, I tend to agree with you that they have to keep, the Chiefs have to keep throwing the ball, right. even if it is short passing. Someone will eventually be open. That's exactly going to be right. If if Patrick Mahomes can buy the time, someone eventually gets open, even if you drop seven guys into coverage and double Travis Kelsey and double Tyree Kill all game long. There's going to be someone who gets open if Mahomes can can just move enough to outmaneuver JPP and Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, hey, listen, this is a tough task. There's no doubt. The Buccaneers' defense is good. But we're, I mean, really, in, in, in reality, we're talking about an all-time offense, an all-time offense. So this is not going to be easy. I know the way we're kind of laying it out there right now, people might be like, well, then wait, do you think the Bucs can actually stop them? N no, not really. No. I don't. <laughs> I don't. But I do think that maybe if they play that way, that maybe it limits for, okay, now we're not blitzing. Tyree Kill catches a slant, and at least we got an extra guy there to tackle him instead of him running for 70 yards. Um, and then, of course, not leaving him on an island with you know a Carlton Davis and doing those things. That gives you a chance, and to me at least gives now your front four a chance to maybe make that strip sack fumble. Or Tyreek Hill catches the ball and gets hit just as he's catching it, and he fumbles. It's going, in, in my opinion, to take that type of play or thing to kind of swing back the momentum in Tampa's favor here because I, I do think the, the Chiefs are, are a little bit better. And, you know, it's one thing to go back and look at Chiefs versus Bucks from Week 12. There may be some value in going back and looking at Super Bowl 54 because – 
for most of the game, what the 49ers did yeah. worked. Mm -hmm. And that 10-point lead that felt like it was going to be enough evaporated quickly. This Bucks offense, which we'll talk about later in the program, better, as good if not better, yeah, than I the San Francisco you. offense last year because of the difference between Brady and Garoppolo. Right. What, what, a, what, a, what a weird time for a connection between those two to pop up because I wasn't thinking of that going into the comparison. My point, though, is... Maybe what the Buccaneers need to do, understand that, you know, the Chiefs it may take them a little while to get going. You, you got to jump on them or you got to try to build a lead. You got to right. try to you got to try to get them in a spot where maybe that mistake is going to come. Yeah. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is going to get rid of the football before he's ready. And maybe Devin White is going to be there to make a play or Carlton Davis or Antoine Winfield Jr. Or somebody is going to make a play and keep the Chiefs from matching whatever the Bucs are able to do, or if the Bucs can build a lead to keep the Chiefs from chipping away at it. Now, that's not yeah. going to be easy because right. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill earlier this week talked about how accurate Mahomes has been in practice the past two weeks. Here's Hill. Man, what's crazy is Pat, he's been on a roll. Like, um, I haven't um, what's crazy is I haven't seen Pat, you know, throw dots like this at practice. Like, he's been throwing crazy dots. Like, like he throw dots – but the dots he been throwing in practice lately has been crazy. I ain't even gonna cry. I ain't even gonna count. You know, so I mean, I'm pretty fired up. You know, so you gotta wait and see, man. I just gotta rub my hands together. I'm excited about that. I, I assume dot dart. I assume that's what he said. I assume he dot, dot, the he way he's talking, a dot's a good thing. It is. What does he that mean? He, well, he's dotting the eye. It just every time it's bam. Oh, right, perfect. You put the eye right in there. But he's just throwing dots. Just it hits me wherever I want. I mean, I don't. I, that's a new one to me, but I'm guessing that's what he means by that. But you mean it, like the dot he threw to Hill against the Bills that, that Hill dropped? That may not be a good thing because well, that was a dot. Well, he dropped it. That's okay. He still, it was a dot, and he liked it. I mean, he'll like it. He'll, <laughs> want, he'll want more of those throws. He just got to hope he'll catch it next time. But, yes, yeah, so that's, that's a new one. And I don't know, Mike. I mean, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll like lean on something you said all year long, and that's where I like think the game is very interesting. Because, of course, I think the Bucks can win. But you've always talked about, and this is your spaghetti and meatballs gut here, but when the Chiefs, when you get their full attention, and we saw, like, the Bills kind of had their full attention, and you went, oh, well, it was really strong all the way through, all phases of the game, really, other than, you know, their early miscue on the the, the punt return. Uh, I, I just... I just worry that happens this week that they're that that they're that special. Hey, you know, basically a 15 and 1 football team, yeah, 14 and 2 cuz they didn't play at the end of the year. It's Mahomes. I think the Brady thing would have his extra attention this week to make sure he's throwing lots of dots and things like that. I just wonder if we're going to see like the the ultimate Chiefs this week. That's where, you know, the team that we've seen where we go, "Oh, they're going to blow this team out." And then they mess up a play here and there, and they don't blow them out. I just wonder if now Super Bowl, you know, if they can maybe capitalize on all those momentum things and actually put a stranglehold on a team like for real for the first time all year. Well, but it doesn't have to be the playoffs to get the Chiefs full attention. No, it doesn't. And part of me wonders how much of Week Twelve, when they ran up the seventeen nothing lead, was a product of getting the Chiefs full attention. Right now. It got closer in the second half. It it it, 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 that was not your typical Chiefs. They let their foot off the gas. The Buccaneers adjusted, but we may have already seen full focus Chiefs against the Buccaneers. Because part of me thinks, oh God, if they did that to them in the regular season, what are they going to do to them in the Super Bowl? But it's just, I, I think that that Brady Mahomes thing is always going to be a factor when those two cross paths, right. especially now that they're in different conferences and Mahomes may have entered that game against Brady thinking quite justifiably, this is the last time I'm ever going to play this guy because four years from now, he's going to be gone. So this yeah. is it. This is my last chance to beat Brady. Let's go beat Brady. So there, I, the more I'm, I'm talking myself into this, I think we saw full focus Chiefs week 12. Right. That would have been a game for Mahomes to, to, to distinguish himself from the other games where it's just random team that is frothing at the mouth to beat the Chiefs and say, hey, we beat the best team in football. So that that part of it is very uh, – that it's concerning to me. 
yeah. as as you'll see when we make our picks. That's my big caveat. I get you that that the Chiefs have the capacity to blow any team off the field. Right. If they could, we we said this time and again. If they could ever put that offense, especially if we could ever put full four full quarters together of the efficiency that we see from time to time, if they could sustain that for 60 minutes, they would blow out everyone that they face. Yeah, no, that, that's where, you know, and, and again, like you're kind of just laid out, it was very close to being that. It was 17 nothing. It was first and goal on the eight-yard line. You know, Mahomes kind of lost sight of Shaq Barrett and got hit and fumbled. I mean, it's rare. You don't really ever see that. That's It was like almost shocking watching it back. But so there's that moment where you're going, hey, listen, the emotions of the game are high everything's intense here and Kansas City's having their way in every moment of the football game at that point and that's what does scare me a little bit there's no doubt about that you know games 27 10 we've talked about that too Mrs. McColl Hardman on a throw where he hits it 999 times out of a thousand it's a wide open walk-in 80-yard touchdown and they miss it so those are the things that do scare me too Mike I'm with you um, it just seems like every year or, or there's so many times during the year, you know, the Chiefs do stuff like that. We're, we're about to blow you out and it's over and we fumble or, you know, we drop a pass like we saw it in the Dolphins game. There's a few other games throughout the year where you go, they're going to blow them out and then they let a team hang around and that's where it's going to be fun to watch on Sunday. Now, if they do double Hill and Kelsey. Yeah. How? And, and I remember this from a few years ago when Rob Gronkowski was completely unstoppable and it was a, a, a dilemma every week. What do you do? How do you deal with it? Do you use a linebacker and a safety? Do you use a corner? What do you do? What would you do? Who would you put on Travis Kelsey if you're going to double him? Who are the two guys that you would use from that Buccaneers defense? Yeah, well, let me say this first off. They, they make it very hard to double both guys a lot of the times. They do. Andy's really smart, and sometimes he puts both of them on the same side, right? So now you're like, well, wait, like you talked about earlier. We can't put four guys over here, and now we're like outnumbered in a lot of different areas over here. So that's where Andy is really good let alone with the movements and the motions before the snap, that messes up double teams too, if that makes any sense, Mike. But I think when it comes down to Kelsey, you know, the good thing the Bucks have is two athletic linebackers. You got a guy like, and really, you'd, you'd want something like, hey, Devin White, hey, he's got him on the inside leverage, all right, covering him up the seam if he makes an inside cut, anything like that. And then you got a safety in the background like an Antoine Winfield or a Whitehead if he's healthy or something like that, who's there as a presence over the top, but really there to bracket him if he, okay, Devin, you got him if he goes straight or in. I got him if he goes to the corner or out or anything like that. And I think that's, you're going to, they did it a few times in the first matchup. And to your point, I think that, yeah, you, we could see that more in this game than we did the first time around. This may be completely crazy, and please tell me if it is, but Devin White is sufficiently athletic that yeah. I could see using him as a guy that helps in the coverage of Kelsey off the line of scrimmage. Right. But then as Kelsey moves beyond the first 7, 10 yards, White could kind of slide back into almost a spy thing because that's my concern. Sure, yeah. You want, it, you want to strike the balance between taking away Kelsey and Hill and not leaving the entire middle of the field open for Mahomes to take off running the yeah. ball if if he eludes the pass rush. Does that make any sense at no, all? No, it totally makes sense, Mike. And I think it goes into, again, like what we're talking about. Hey, we, it's got a rush four. We're talking about, hey, it's going to be a tough task stopping that passing offense or doing everything. Bowles is going to have to mix it up with man and zone and creative disguises and things like that. But, no, that makes total sense. And that is – to me, that's another thing that bothers me about the Bucks when they play zone defense. They are not a great zone defensive football team. Um, they let receivers off the line of scrimmage free, free access, Mike. They don't get their hands on guys and jam them and disrupt them and do that a whole lot. And that's scary against this group because, you know, Mahomes could be in the backfield, do a little quick play action shot, you know, fake and shotgun, and now Tyree kills in the slot. Nobody slowed him down. And that safety who just takes one little wrong step on the run fake, 
all of a sudden he's like, whoa, Tyreek's Hill here because we got no hands on him. So to what you're asking, I think that is the thing. Devin White, zone, hey, jam a Kelsey as he gets two or three yards down the line of scrimmage, disrupt him, and then though somebody else is going to pick him up as he runs into the other zone, but then White's got to be, wait, okay, he's out of my zone. Now there's Patrick Mahomes. Let me keep my eye on him because he's going to move around the pocket and try to make some play happen. One thing that just occurred to me, and it only took three or four days for the synapses to connect in my brain. We had Derek Brooks on earlier this week on PFTPM, Hall of Fame Buccaneers mm-hmm. linebacker, still close to the team. And, you know, we're, we're having the conversation with him about, hey, what should the Buccaneers do defensively? And he got very defensive about that question, almost to the point where he's like, the Buccaneers are are brainstorming beyond their normal boundaries. I would think they have to be. Bringing guys like Derek Brooks into the tent saying, what should we do? What do you think of our game plan? Do you think this will work? Because he wasn't saying anything, and I did get the impression he's been consulted by somebody on what the Bucks should do to slow down the Chiefs. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, hey, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, they're around that organization a lot. You got two weeks to prepare this game. I'd be asking them some questions too. I mean, I would. They got to go outside. Mike, we just laid it out. We've been talking for 29 minutes. As awesome as that Bucks defense is, we basically talked for 29 minutes going, how do you stop this group? Yeah. How do you do it? It's going to take something outside of the comfort zone of what they do, what Todd Bowles does, because Kansas City's awesome. So you're going to have to try to find some wrinkle or curveball to like what you said to maybe get them to stutter early and can't really get their mojo going, and it takes a little while for them to figure it out, like a la the AFC Championship game they lost to Brady a few years ago, right? Stay, stall, stay, uh, stalled all first half. Then the second half, they figured out how they were being attacked, and they got it going. And at the core, no risk it, no, no biscuit. biscuit. Whatever the Buccaneers do, this is their chance to reach for the brass ring and the silver trophy that is hiding behind it. So I, it, it's, it's whatever it is, it's going to be fun to watch. When we take a break, something that we guarantee will be fun for you to watch on the other side. Stephon Diggs, our good friend from the Buffalo Bills. We had a conversation with him yesterday. We'll play it for you next here on Pro Football Talk Live. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, Josh Allen. Giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy Blue. <laughs> do, 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 do. He'll throw lasers right by you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm an idiot. It's not that awesome. <laughs> the guy who was on the receiving end of those lasers all year long after his first year with the Buffalo Bills. What a difference a year makes. Our good friend, Stephon Diggs, brought to us by our friends at Old Spice. Stefan, what's up, buddy? Uh, how you guys doing? It's always nice to see you. Good-looking men, man. How, how are things? Uh, don't lie to him like that, Stefan. I'm good-looking. <laughs> He's not. You know that. Don't be a liar. Come on, man. <laughs> Somebody got to be Batman. Somebody got to be Superman. You get it. You know how it goes. 
That's, that's right. Hey, uh, so, yeah, I think back to last year when we saw you, and, of course, we assumed you were still going to be with the Vikings. We talked about areas where the Vikings need to improve. When was the moment that you, you made that decision, I got to make this change for the good of my career? Um, I want to say I considered it. I, I consider it even then. Even then, there was a thought in my mind. But um, heading into, like, the offseason and when things are really start rolling as far as, like, trades and stuff like that, that's when – I really made a concrete decision, but I was thinking about it for a while, you know, even during the season, prior to the season. Uh, everybody involved knew what I was thinking. You know, it was just, you know, the world kind of caught it in the back. All right, so now you get to Buffalo, okay? What what was your thoughts of Josh Allen going in and then your first day being on the field with him and your thoughts after that? Well, I didn't watch too many of Buffalo other than the time that they kicked our butt uh, during the season. They came to Minnesota. It was a well-coached team, a team that um, was ready to play, and they just beat us flat out. I think maybe it was like 30-something to like six or three, something like that. So I've never seen a – I don't know what they say. Well, they said a lot of stuff going in when I first got traded about Josh Allen, about inaccurate, or he does this, he makes bad decisions, or whatever they were saying. I never saw it. You know, even from training camp on, I never saw him make bad decisions. I always seen him throw darts. I always seen him be accurate. Um, I never seen him nothing characteristic of a quarterback. Like I've been with so many quarterbacks. No quarterback is perfect, but he's damn near perfect. I've seen him miss maybe seven throws of the whole season. You know, for me, uh, I never saw the guy that they tried to pay him to be. And uh, I kind of saw a lot of potential. I saw he's a young quarterback. I've been with a young quarterback before, even when I was young. So as far as like getting on the same page early is going to be huge uh, in his development and my development. You know, having some success in the league is one thing, but getting with a guy that you could really grow with and work with and deal with, that's, that's, that's what you really want. Were you, were you shocked by like the arm strength at first? Like was it an adjustment? Because, I mean, no, you weren't at all. You, you, you knew what you were getting into? Yeah, because I remember in the draft when he was coming out and they were thinking, everybody was thinking about taking him high. They say he throw the ball 70 yards. Anybody that can throw 70, 80 yards, anybody that can throw the ball 70, 80 yards has a cannon for a arm. So when I first got there, uh, he was slinging it. He was throwing it. He was throwing it pretty hard. I was like, hey, like, take, take a little off that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do nothing yet. You ain't got to throw it that hard. So I used to, I used to crack jokes. I'm like, you don't even throw the ball that hard. And he was just throwing it at me once or twice during practice. So I get I got adjusted to that pretty quick, you know. Playing receiver, you get used to catching the ball, but uh, definitely it was definitely something different. Yeah, I want to go back to last year because I'm reflecting on how things happened for you. In in hindsight, how surprising is it to you that you were able to just post a tweet or two and boom, that's it, a trade's done that night? That's not. I mean, I'm not surprised. That's the that's the world we live in. You know, everything is instant. Instant gratification, instant information. It all travels fast. And you when you dub this, when you dub the series of cards and you have to play your ace in the hole, you play. You don't have a choice, you know, especially when it comes down to your life and where you feel like you want to be and the things you want for yourself. For me, I feel like uh it, we, we live in that world. I'm not surprised at all. Back in the day, maybe it wouldn't have happened that way because it wasn't too much social media or like people having followings and that kind of thing. So I wasn't too surprised. Okay, so the situation that's happening in the NFL now with Deshaun Watson, we all know the story. We all, we all know he wants out of Houston. He hasn't said so directly. W would you advise him to just do what you did and make it known, hey, it's time for a change? No, nah, because he doesn't have to. I mean, the quarterback position is one of the positions that's under a huge microscope. Uh, it's not like being a receiver or being a tight end. Being a skill position is one thing, but being the quarterback, everybody knows when you're not happy. Everybody knows when things aren't, things aren't right. You know, there's no rectifying. And, of course, I don't think he ever has to say anything. You're not supposed to really say anything. Up to that tweet, I never said anything. I never said I won out of Minnesota. Um, you can only strongly suggest or create your own opinions about it. And you and I kind of saw, like, you know, things that happened in the media, people sharing their tidbits about how they feel this should happen or how we should handle it. Um, in the world we live in now, you know, anybody who's, who's played professional of any sport, you put a lot of time and effort and consideration into your job and to what you do. And you want that to be appreciated. You know, I don't know the whole situation with Deshaun Watson, but obviously he feels away for a reason. You know, it didn't, it didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, I've obviously traded down DeAndre Hopkins and that kind of stuff can kind of play a role in the quarterback's success. Um, and I would say, you know, do whatever you got to do to handle your business and what you want for yourself. For me, 
I was one of the people that it worked out for because, of course, uh, in my opinion, um, they didn't think I was going to go to Buffalo and it was going to go well. They didn't know it was going to happen that way. They thought um, Josh Allen was probably inaccurate. They probably just thought Josh Allen and me weren't going to mess well or whatever, for whatever reason. They thought I was a diva. But I was one of the, one of the you know, few stories of going into a new chapter or a new path, and it worked out. You know, so for me, I'm on the back end not really saying too much because, you know, it worked out in my favor. God, God's great. God's great. So I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're awesome. You are blessed. And, yeah, you're a damn good football player. I, you know, just to piggyback off that a little bit too then, like why? Why did it work so much in Buffalo as far as how they used you in the offense? I know it was different. I watch film and do all that. But, like, explain – uh, to, to the viewer, you know, the differences in how Buffalo used you and maybe how you were used up in Minnesota. Um, Buffalo and Coach Dayball, you know, one of the one of probably my, my favorite coaches ever, uh, getting to know him, learning him and him learning me. He's one of those offensive geniuses, offensive minds that's always trying to do something new or trying to figure out ways to do things differently with window dressing and X, Y, Z. Um, so for me, and it also was pass heavy. We threw the ball a lot. We rarely ran the ball. And it was it was total opposite of my previous situation. We ran the ball, you know, 80, 70 percent of the time. So um, having that offense of, you know, play action and, you know, that kind of thing is 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 it's different. You know, for me, that was my old offense. I, I remember it clear as day, you know, it was a lot of play action, a lot of downfield shots, a lot of deep threat. I remember at one point they were saying, like, I was one of the best deep threats of like running the go ball. And I was like, since I got in the league, I would be more so geared to route running and that kind of thing. So it's all, what, what kind of offense you're in? And, you know, Buffalo's more pass heavy. They kind of, you know, matriculate down the field or take their shots when they need to. And we just, they just throw the ball a lot. So, you know, that's all really predicated on receivers, a receiver success if you throw the ball. Well, I feel like you went to a different level this year. And and maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's all the other. But, like, I interviewed Josh Allen before your Indianapolis Colts uh, or maybe it was the Ravens playoff game. And he basically told me, he just goes, if it's one-on-one -on -one with Diggs, he goes, I'm throwing it to him. That There's really not a, a question. So, like, what about your own game do you think you improved too? you know, to be that guy now? Like, or or maybe you think you always were that guy. It's it's. It's such a weird like feeling because, you know, since I since I came in the league, I've always been a workaholic. I've always been a guy with something to prove, you know, that chip on your shoulder kind of guy. And I put a lot of time in to be where I am right now. Um, I've always considered myself a, a number one wide receiver. Since I got in the league, I've been getting matched by some of the best receivers, some of the best corners in the game. You know, for me, it's not a surprise to my success. It's more so with the when preparation and that opportunity. You know, I was I just was getting a little more more a couple more opportunities than I was in my previous situation. It's no shun on my old situation. It was just where the offense was and where they wanted it to go and how they wanted it to be. So being in this new situation, I I didn't I've never changed though. I don't feel like I became a different player. I just became I just feel like I got more opportunities and I was being utilized to the best of my ability. And when you're utilized, uh your talent show, you know, whether you can do it or can't, you can't. You know, that's what it comes with a rubber needs to roll. And they they rolled the dice. They gave up, you know, some draft picks and X, Y, Z um, for me to get the job done. And that's what that's what I came. Stefan, we had Otis Anderson used to play for the Giants on the program earlier this week. He told us when Scott Norwood of the Bills was kicking the field goal in Super Bowl 25, he was by the tunnel because if that kick goes through, he's gone. He's not staying out on the field. There's a great picture of you out on the field after the game against the Chiefs, hands on your hips, kind of soaking it all in. Why did you stay out there to watch the celebration, and what thoughts, what motivations did you have in that moment? Um, yeah, that's uh, it's tough. Uh, after the game, when the whistle blew, I'm a guy that plays to the whistle blow to the end of the game. Um, I, I was talking about it a little bit earlier. I feel like I'm a champion. I feel like I'm a winner. You know, um, the best team won that day. You know, and I wanted to embrace that moment in its totality as far as like, um, I'm not a hater. I don't hate on nobody, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not that guy to shun anybody's situation or downplay it. I wanted to embrace that moment as they were the better team that day. And, and you should be motivated. You should be driven to, you know, go chase the things that they're, that they're after. You know, for me, I, that was my second time being one game away from the Super Bowl. And to, for me to tell you that I don't think I'm going to be back in that situation, I'll be lying. I know I'm going to be back in that situation because I know I'm a champion. I know I'm a winner, and I know I'm going to do everything in my power to get us back in that situation. So um, I just wanted to soak that all up and soak in that moment and soak in uh, all the good and the bad. 
you know, it hurt, it hurt a lot to watch it, but uh, you need to see it. You need to see it and you need to evaluate it and use it as a motivation for you to get to the next level. And both of those games where you made it to the conference championship and it didn't work out, those are road games. How, how critical is it for the Bills the next time that level comes around to be playing that game at home and not on the road? At home, at home. Being at home makes a huge difference. People can say it doesn't matter or whatever. When you're at home, you're in your own stadium, you're comfortable, you're, uh, you don't have to get adjusted to whatever the wind or however, whatever's going on, no excuses. But uh, it's always good playing at home because you got that crowd behind you. Shout out to Bills Mafia that I haven't had too much time with, but I know when the time comes, they'll be there loud and proud. Um, but it definitely makes a huge difference and something that uh, I look forward to. I mean – uh, the Bills Mafia loves you, so don't worry. You're 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 in the club. You're in the circle of trust. All right. What I want to know is how much practice did we have to go through with Josh Allen to get that seven minute handshake you guys got? Oh yeah, go do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. And then you pat each other on the shoulder. I mean, wh where does that go down? When do you find the time to kind of orchestrate that? It's kind of like a beginning stage of a handshake where it's super simple, like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, all right. Then the closer you get with somebody, the more y'all start developing a handshake. And it starts out super simple and you kind of got to build off of it. You know, I think weekly we build it off of it. Like, he'll be like, all right, it's time to ask him. All right, it's time to ask him. So it doesn't get old. So uh, that's one of those little things that, like, relationship builders. If I could write a book about building a relationship with quarterbacks, uh, that would be one of them. Uh, get you a handshake, build a <laughs> <laughs> uh, the more success you have, the more the more fun you have. Yeah, that that's pretty good. There's no doubt. I mean, it's it's, it's special. All right, uh, one last thing because I know you got other stuff to do and you smell, and we got to talk about Old Spice and how they make you smell better. But with with the scrambling, that's the last thing I want to ask you about. What was the adjustment like that? Because I I don't think you ever played with a quarterback that moves the way he has. That had to be somewhat of an adjustment. Yes, definitely. Uh, last quarterback I had that scrambled a lot was, I think, Case Keenum. And Teddy scrambled a little bit. But those are more guys that were trying to get the ball out of their hands, trying to just make the right decision. This guy was really scrambling to throw the ball. And I seen him make some crazy throws, like, you know, across your body. You know, uh, it was a rule that I couldn't go. It's, if he's rolling right, I couldn't go left. They say, like, stop doing it. They told me stop. I said, coach, but I'm open and he can throw it. He can throw it. He, he can make that throw. It was like this. I don't want him throwing across his body. I know he can throw the ball. He said, take your butt to the side or do whatever you want, but don't go, don't go opposite. I was like, all right, man. But Josh would give me like a wink and be like, this. don't worry about it. I get it to you. So uh, <laughs> I had to adjust to because I'm, I'm thinking at sometimes, damn, the play's over. Like he's about to throw the ball away. And like, no, nah, I need to. I need to get open again. I need to run another route or try to figure out a way to get open because this guy's trying to scramble to throw it. Stefan, of all the Old Spice interviews that we've done, of all the players we've interviewed over the years, I think you're the first one to go t-shirt over the hoodie. I like the look. I may have to steal it. Tell us what you got going on with Old Spice this year. Talk a little bit about their cologne quality scent uh, deodorant. You know, this pandemic has been pretty tough on everybody. You know, I, I was on the couch a couple of times like this. How I put on deodorant? And it was just, uh, I'm big on hygiene. Me and me, I'm big on hygiene. But uh, so for me, I'm just talking about a little bit about the deodorant. Uh, Dynasty smells good. You know, it's available at Target. I feel like any everybody on this Zoom call or this call should try it out and let me know how it goes. If I wear it, you guys give it. A I shot. know you'd give us. You gave me free Old Spice last year, I believe. So you're always good for that. I mean, that's that's I missed that. We, me and Mike, we missed the perks of Radio Row this year and not getting our free Old Spice. It really does stink. <laughs> I think I'm still using the old spice that I've I, like over the years. I've never had to buy any because every time we do one of these, they send me a bag full of old spice stuff. I'm still working on it. So I hope to get another bag of old spice dynasty products. Stefan, as always, man, it's great to see you. Congratulations on your phenomenal year. And we wish you all the best. We hope next year we can't talk to you. We hope next year you're, you're otherwise occupied this week. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear nothing from you guys, all right? <laughs> You're the man, Stefan. See you, buddy. <laughs> See you, buddy. I wonder if you would consider, you know, having some sort of an ownership summit or something to 
and I don't mean read the riot act to owners, but I mean to try to talk to owners personally, or maybe in, in a large group, when you can get together, about emphasizing that we are not doing this well. We've got to do it better. Peter, everything you just said there, I've said uh, on multiple occasions this year, as I said to you in response to the question Lindsay asked, um, I'm not sure, other than the February meeting where we discussed the labor agreement, that we didn't raise uh, this issue and the importance of uh, doing this better, considering policies to help us in this case, um, and enacting policies, and the ownership shown their commitment in that. So the answer is yes, we'll have more discussions for sure, um, both individually and collectively when we can get together. But that doesn't stop us. We've been doing it on Zoom. We've been doing it individually. And the committee has been very active, too, chaired by Art Rooney and several owners that are on that committee, and continuing to look, what are the changes we still need to make? And I'll reinforce again, while we may be disappointed in the, the head coaches, uh, at the end of the day, there are a lot of positives here that we need to build on and we need to continue to make progress on. And that commitment is there. They talk a lot about this. They can talk and they can talk and they can talk. Chris, look, I, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I know how the world works. I know how business owners think. You have to make them realize there is a downside to not changing the way they do business. Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Mary in 2002 convinced them there's a downside in the form of potential litigation. That's how the Rooney Rule was adopted in the first place. And these owners don't think they're going to get sued. There's no financial downside. So they're going to continue to do, Chris, whatever they want to do. And everything else is just talk. It's that simple. I, I know it is, but I, I don't know how you completely, you know, rectify it or like use, you know, suing to to move the needle. I, I mean, it. this is tough. And you're right. We've talked about this a lot. There's a baked in culture of people and and a trust tree of, you know, old world coaches right. and all that. It's 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 it right. really is. And I, it's not right. That's where I always That's get back what to Mike, get back to the root level of getting some like people of color, African-Americans, everybody starting from the bottom and rising through the NFL. That's part of the benefit. You have to make the pipeline more diverse right. and then hopefully but but there's still something that is clogging the pipeline. Definitely. Definitely. That's the problem and I'm telling you, don't think of the legal system as a bad thing. It forces responsibility. It forces change. Right. It forces progress. We'll be back with more right after this. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 